Netflix disappoints, Elon Musk talks crypto, and Jamie Dimon catches a bonus. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And we're back, and the markets are soaring. That's right. So Monday, we had that interview with Cade Invest. I hope you all enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll have him back on the show soon. But we talked the market declines briefly and how the market was really just having a panic over that COVID Delta variant. Well, no longer is there a panic. The Dow Jones soaring back, NASDAQ soaring back, S&P soaring back, all of the main indexes now pushing back up to all-time highs or nearly all-time highs, just about 1% off the highs, which is craziness. I mean, these indexes looked like they were going into sell mode there, correction mode, and then boom, they immediately bounce back. Now the markets are extremely strong. And at the time of recording this, well, we're also getting futures moving higher um, here on Wednesday night. We'll see what Thursday does and Friday brings us. But it seems that investors switched from panic Two, of course, very bullish on the markets, maybe just getting uh, the weak hands out, some jitters. Who in the world knows? But it seems the markets are moving higher, and indeed, uh, the market is bullish currently at the moment. Now, the VIX fell off a cliff as well, moving down 9.22% today um, alone. It also fell off yesterday. If you take a look at the VIX and what it's done in the past month, so just literally um, on Monday, it spiked all the way up over 22, and then now it's all the way back down to 1790, um, which is a crazy move as well. So a lot of volatility in the market. Volatility is opportunity. And if you bought the dip on Monday, my oh my, I bought the dip. You are a very happy camper, let me tell you, because you are likely up big time if you pick the right names and you really didn't have to go hunting for the names that you could buy the dip on. I mean, you literally could have bought any of the FANG names and made money from Monday to today. You could have bought Ebevium names, for instance, a Microsoft, an NVIDIA, an Intel even, an AMD. I mean, you really did not have to search. Um, you could have just picked the leaders from any of those um, big-time tech sectors or any of the sectors really in the market um, that were down and Today, you're up. So it just goes to show buying the fear, um, buying the stock market jitters usually works out on a profitability basis quite well. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Added some of my longs, made a few trades, added to my upstart position, which is a short-term swing trade. Um, I like all of these, and we'll talk later on upstart. It's honestly just a swing trade. Full disclosure, it's an options trade on my trading portfolio. Um, I like to sometimes take a little more risk on I like uh, what Upstart is setting up, but we're not here to talk about Upstart and its setup um, and the base that's forming out of a volatility node. Um, if you look at the volume profile, building up a lot of volume at one location, uh, but we're done talking about Upstart. Getting into Netflix, we have to talk about Netflix. What's going on with Netflix? Well, they delivered earnings yesterday, and the talk has been literally since they delivered yesterday all day today. Netflix uh, growth is slowing, and it is not slowing um, in a great manner. In fact, it's slow. It's slowing quite quickly. Um, and the big question is: is where is Netflix growth going to come from? So they actually lost um, subscribers, at least when I last dig into the numbers, um, in the United States but they expanded internationally. Now, that was somewhat to be expected. Um, so if you dig into these earnings, they missed on EPS. They delivered an EPS of $2.97 instead of $3.16. That was expected by analysts. So a slight miss there on EPS, but revenue beat coming in at 
$7.34 billion instead of $7.32 billion, but it just wasn't enough on the revenue front to get investors excited. And really what investors get excited about on Netflix is, of course, the subscribers. So global paid net subscriber editions came in at $1.54 million instead of the $1.19 million expected. So it was above estimates. But if you look at a chart of Netflix here and their growth um, is quite clear that you see a very, very significant decline um, in Netflix sub growth. And that is leading a lot of investors to wonder where's the growth going to come from, especially if you look at how Netflix is garnering and increasing their subscriber count. So right now, the key to Netflix's growth is their content slate. So they spent $8 billion in cash on content in the first half alone, and they expect that to come out to $12 billion by the end of the full year. So really, if you think about it, they're investing an immense amount of capital, $12 billion they're going to do this year in capital into content to garner more subscribers, to pull people onto the Netflix platform. Um, and this really comes down to those Netflix originals and some rights, I believe. So really you look at Netflix and they're starting to have, I mean, they're starting to be required to spend an immense amount of capital um, to gain or meet their subscriber goals. And if you take a look at a chart, if you break down by chart since 2017 to the current, 2021 Q2 of subscriber growth, you can see that this was actually the lowest subscriber growth quarter in since 2017. Uh, so if you run the math, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 in 17 quarters. So 18 quarters, this is the lowest one out of all of them in net ads, which is absolutely crazy quarterly paid subscribers added um was the lowest growth that they have seen in a quarter now it is important to note since 2017 it is important to note that if you look at this chart and you can find it if you go to actually it's from fact set but there's also a link to it in the cnbc uh earnings report article also go check that out if you also look at this chart you also see that the second quarters since 2017 have been a common low point each year for subscriber growth so it's been a lagging quarter compared to the uh other quarters uh basically preceding that or after it um but you do have to note that this was a very weak quarter um, on a historic comparison uh, when it comes to Netflix and paid subscribers. Not good stuff there. Um, I also don't like the fact that they're having to spend so much capital to garner new subscribers. So people are wondering, what in the world is going to be Netflix's big growth driver? I mean, hell, talk is that we aren't even going to consider it. I mean, we haven't been for quite a while, actually, a fang stock. And now people are talking about Heck, changing acronym, not even calling it a FANG stock officially, uh, which is craziness. So where is the growth going to come out for Netflix? Well, as we know, when we talked about it, actually in episode, I believe 102, just a few episodes ago, um, we talked about how Netflix hired Mike Verdu from Facebook and they hired him um, for a gaming push. So Netflix is talking about pushing into the gaming world, possibly streaming games and et cetera, et cetera, basically the video game world. Um, and they noted that they want to focus on mobile. Now, Mike Verdu, he has an immense amount of, of, I would say, experience here. And we talked about it in the uh, previous episode. He's worked at Facebook, EA, Kabam. I mean, hell, he even worked at Atari back in the 1990s and Zynga. And, you know, just a lot of experience in the video game world. And he also has experience in Facebook's, he was vice president of their augmented reality and virtual reality content. So this guy has a lot of experience in the video game world. Definitely a key asset to have if you're pushing into video games which I think Netflix is right on with. Um, now, they also said um, 
that they really see gaming as the next, you know, unscripted TV, unquote, or, you know, animation or original films. You know, they want to add gaming. They think it could be their next big growth driver. But here is the question. Can Netflix do it well? Because if you listen to these experts, and I listen to them all day um, on and off from various uh, media outlets, if you listen to these experts talk, and I agree with them, it's going to be very difficult for Netflix to do video games well without going on the acquisition front and picking up some studios, which they might very well do. But that's going to be capital intensive in the short term. Um, So they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to acquire the assets to do the video game industry well or enter the video game industry well. At least I believe they're going to have to. They're going to have to spend some capital to be good at this. Um, And then they're also going to have to be excellent because that is when Netflix really shines is their content is very good. It's unique and it pulls users in. And Netflix is going to have to do that. And the talk is, is that Netflix wants to implement this video game um, segment of their company that they want to create. They want to integrate that directly into the now what, as you know, Netflix platform. They want to integrate it into it instead of a separate app or entity, which I think is going to be very difficult. I mean, how are you going to really set that up when it comes to a presentation format without making it entirely confusing um, and really I would say I'm changing what Netflix truly is. So I think there's a transformation that Netflix will have to go through in order to really be successful in the gaming world. And I think that's going to take time. And I don't think it's going to be an instantaneous growth driver as a lot of these bulls are saying. So unfortunately, um, yeah, I'm kind of going neutral to bearish here on Netflix. I think they continue to grow very slowly, but I don't think um, they see the growth that they once did. For instance, even last year in the pandemic, which was a huge boost during 2017 and 20. 18. I think it's going to be very hard for this company to grow comparatively to other streaming names. And that's another major factor is you have so much competition now in the streaming world. I mean, you have literally major networks such as NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, Fox, and then you also have, you know, Viacom, CBS, you know, Viacom, CBS, CBS. I already mentioned that. Uh, But either way, you have these huge network competitors and you also have, you know, HBO and you have all of these different um, networks creating their own app and bringing their content onto their platform only. And that's going to lessen the amount of content that is not an original on Netflix. And I fear that eventually Netflix is going to be mostly all original content or, you know, content that was purchased or paid for or produced by Netflix, original content. So it's going to be very tough, I think, um, for Netflix to compete with all of these new players in the space, and let's not even get into um, the live stuff uh, such as Fubo TV and those competitors, because in some manner they're still competitors in the TV industry. The uh, cable industry is also a competitor to Netflix. So Netflix has a ton of competition, not only in the streaming world, but also in the ordinary standard what Netflix is trying to pull away from cable box world. A lot of competition in all of those areas, and I think it's going to be very challenging for the company to transform itself. Do I think they can do it? Yes, the management team is excellent, but do you want to hold the stock for the next five years while they do it? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a tougher road than people think. But Evercore ISI um, giving an outperform rating and a price target boost to $655 per share from $635. Now, Evercore cited, quote, Netflix badly missed Q1 sub estimates and faced very hard half one comps as Netflix was one of the most notable COVID winners with record sub ads in half 120, this caused Netflix shares to dislocate, declining almost 20% from early to mid 21 and underperforming the market year to date. But now we believe Netflix shares will begin to materially outperform. 
Now, really, what is the driver there? Well, a lot of these um, upgrades are basing, you know, their higher price targets on possibly a higher growth in the second half of 2021, which makes sense given that since 2017, every single year, Q3 and Q4 have been significantly stronger than Q1 and Q2. So that is exactly what they're citing there. I believe that's really why you're seeing a lot of these upgrades. But um, I think it's kind of questionable this time. Will Netflix follow the same pattern and will the numbers overall be lower given the fact that over the past few quarters and really past few years, you've seen declining growth um, aside from the spike that you saw um, during the pandemic. Now, Wells Fargo, they also initiated it overweight with a $700 price target. They said, quote, Netflix investors are a bit skittish as the company works through a the post-pandemic choppiness. While management has guided to a modest sub-acceleration from Q2 to Q3, we think a record quarter for content in Q4 will drive a steeper sub-curve and recatalyze the bull case. With the financial model strongly intact, we remain bulls with an unchanged $700 price target. So here, actually, Wells Fargo kind of saying, yeah, it's kind of fallen out of that bullish case, um, and it's going to have to get back into favor with the bulls even is kind of what you're, you know, reading into here. And they also noted um, that a driver will be that Q4 content. So that Netflix original content, um, a lot of people are bullish on Netflix's content uh, platform, not platform, but slate. What are they going to output? What are they going to give viewers that's going to pull new subs in? Um, And I think that's the biggest driver for Netflix at the moment is the excellent content that they continue to put out, the excellent Netflix originals content. Um, And that is what I really like about Netflix. That's one of the bullish aspects I see to the company. And I always say when it comes to the streaming world, I really like Netflix. It's a solid company. It's the growth question. Will their growth be as significant as we've seen in the past? And if it's not as significant, investors, well, they might move their money somewhere else because investors, especially in this market, like big time growth. So we might not see that on a Netflix. So overall, I'm neutral on Netflix. I see a lot of negatives. I see a lot of positives. I'm unsure on whether I'd want to put my money there for a long-term streaming company. I like it. It's probably going to be consistent um, and you're probably eventually going to see very solid cash flows, etc. But in the meantime, in the short term, I kind of fear that the competition and the transformation um, for Netflix to go into the video game space or add that segment is going to be very tough. And I don't really want to hold through those potential downside, could be upside, but potential downside catalyst if they disappoint investors. Now, getting into the biggest analyst calls. And by the way, I'm, I'm not being bearish on Netflix. I like the company, excellent management team. If the financials are great, it's really a question of how big and how outsized will that growth be in the future and will it disappoint investors? Um, and I'm not willing to bet my chips on outsized Netflix growth. I'm simply not. But shifting away from Netflix, we've talked about it too much. Let's get into the biggest analyst calls of the day. And boy, oh boy. We got some big ones. So Microsoft was reiterated as a buy by Rosenblatt um, and they really cited, you know, the Azure growth. They also noted the demand for PCs, um, office teams and dynamics. Um, and they think, you know, stuff will likely continue to grow into the double digits. Um, and they said, quote, as we move into full year 2022, we think Microsoft's fundamentals are likely as strong at any point in recent history. We think Azure continues to take share, demand for PCs remains robust, and office teams in Dynamics likely continue to grow in the double digits. So, solid stuff. Coming out of Rosenblatt for Microsoft. I love Microsoft. If you don't know any, 
buy some. It's an excellent company. Hold it for the long term. And if you're a big time long-term investor, just average in, maybe buy some every single week. And before you know it, you're going to have a significant share in an excellent company and a stock that I believe moves up for many, many years to come. Now, Piper Sandler reiterated Chipotle as overweight. And my, oh my, I love Chipotle. They actually, I believe, just recently delivered earnings um, and they were pretty solid expanding those digital sales, which I love to see, digital's the future. Um, Piper Sandler said, quote, following strong 2Q21 results, it is clear to us that Chipotle is number one people ready, uh, leaving the company well positioned to reach or exceed its target of 200 new stores open this year. In number two, thoughtfully leveraging its value proposition. And Chipotle also said that they have pricing power, which I love. I love companies that have big time pricing power. Now, a call that Frankly, I was interested in personally since I'm so bullish on the name, and that is Boeing. So Baird reiterated Boeing as a top pick, saying, quote, we model over $20 billion in debt paydowns over the 2022-2024 period, but with estimated cumulative free cash flow of $28 billion over this time horizon, Boeing will have plenty of additional liquidity to further de-risk the balance sheet if needed. We would expect, given a much healthier demand environment, management could then begin to think of slowing the restructuring and other cash uses. I like Boeing. Why do I like Boeing? Because underdog play. We've talked about this before. And what do underdog plays offer you as an investor? Yeah, there's negatives along the road of a recovery of a major company, but every time they fix something or every time there's a vote of confidence, for instance, an order for Boeing, a vote of confidence from another company, the stock goes up. And that is what I like to see. It offers on the comeback a lot of of upside catalyst. Now, uh, Bernstein reiterated Amazon as outperform, which I love. Amazon's a a phenomenal company. We don't really have to get into this um, reiteration here, but they pretty much cited um, big time growth um, and the fact that they were, quote, incrementally optimistic on the potential of or for a greater B2B business-to-business push under Andy Jassy. So confidence in the new CEO. Um, And then Berenberg initiated coverage of Zillow, a name we don't talk about all too much. Now they said, quote, it's dominant name in, it's the dominant name in real estate made the company an invaluable resource for home buyers, creating large real estate advertising potential. The Zillow 2.0 transformation shifts focus to the considerable IB buyer total addressable market, which given the size of the investment with which Zillow is backing it or ZG is backing it, not Zillow, is likely to prove a meaningful differentiator to peers in our view. So they liking Zillow. I also like Zillow. They're the clear leader at the moment in the digital real estate area. Um, and the real estate market's on fire, but not only that, but Zillow is really pushing the boundaries. Um, and, you know, I really like to invest in what I see people using and everyone uses Zillow. Every time you talk about real estate, people immediately hop on Zillow or you drive to a cute town and your parents or your friends immediately hop on and be like, dang, I wonder how much houses are here or what houses are for sale. And they immediately hop on the Zillow app and start checking it out. And to me, that is the go-to place for um, normal citizens to check out real estate in whatever area they're in and see what's for sale. I mean, I think Zillow is the current digital real estate leader and I think they continue to be. Um, And then other notable upgrades, we had NVIDIA, AMD, and Marvell all catch upgrades. We had uh, EA, Disney, and Tesla catch reiterations or upgrades as well. I like all of those companies, all phenomenal, especially Marvell, one of the best 5G plays in the market. I love it. Now, let's talk Elon Musk shifting the crypto and talk 
what in the world is going on with Bitcoin in this crypto world? It has been volatile as heck. If you take a look, um, just a few days ago, Bitcoin, it broke 30K. A lot of people thought this was the second time it breaks 30K. It's probably going lower, but it rebounded going back up to 32, which is, it's really been in that zone for quite a little bit here, a few weeks. Um, now, Elon Musk, what did he say? Well, he said he wants to see Bitcoin succeed. He also said, quote, one thing you do need to watch out for with crypto, especially Bitcoin, using proof of work, using energy that's a bit too much and not necessarily good for the environment. So Elon Musk continues to not like the fact um, that Bitcoin's not fully environmentally friendly. You know, it does, due to the mining aspects of it, create actually quite a bit of emissions. Elon Musk not liking that. Um, and then he also went on to say, quote, the only significant thing I own outside of Tesla is SpaceX. Um, but he also noted that he owns some Bitcoin, some Ethereum, which Ethereum got a boost after he said he owned it, and some Dogecoin. So definitely some interesting investments there by Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk also said that uh, SpaceX and Tesla, I believe he noted, both own um, Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. So both of his companies own some Bitcoin, I believe is what the note was. Um, if I'm wrong, just tweet me and say, hey, not both companies, just Tesla. But I'm pretty sure he said, yeah, uh, Tesla and uh, SpaceX both own a little bit of Bitcoin, which is pretty darn cool. Um, we knew Tesla owned Bitcoin. I did not know that SpaceX did. If I'm wrong on this or the article that I'm citing is wrong, definitely um, tweet me and let me know. But very cool things coming out of the crypto world. Now, he also said, yes, right here, Musk confirmed that both Tesla and SpaceX own Bitcoin. So awesome stuff. Both of his main companies owning it. Um, definitely a boat of confidence, I would say, from Elon Musk and the Bitcoin, which is a bullish aspect, um, I believe, if you believe Elon Musk is one of the smartest people on planet Earth, which I don't know how you can't think that. I mean, the guy is an entrepreneuring legend. He is a business icon, um, and he is one of the most successful people, one of the wealthiest people in the world as well. Um, and then he finally said, quote, if the price of Bitcoin goes down, I lose money. I might pump, but I don't dump, Musk said. Um, and this is from CNBC. And then he said, unquote, I definitely do not believe in getting the price high in selling or anything like that. I would like to see Bitcoin succeed. So Elon Musk owning it, he's saying he wants it to succeed. Um, and then also it was rumored that uh, Tesla is going to start accepting Bitcoin once again, which is awesome. Um, so definitely a lot of, I would say, bullish news out of Elon Musk, who has definitely been kind of making headlines in the crypto space for a few months now. And then to round out the show, a smaller um, headline that came across, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, um, catching a bonus. Uh, so Jamie Dimon, he was awarded, they call it given basically, a bonus of 1.5 million stock appreciation rights or options contracts. Um, now, he can't exercise those for five years, but that's a heck of a lot of money um, that he's being bonused. And actually, uh, Bank of America said, quote, this special reward reflects the board's desire for Mr. Diamond to continue to lead the firm for a further significant number of years. So this is kind of a bonus and say, hey, man, if you stay, you're going to get this payoff in the end. And we, you know, you're an excellent CEO and we want you to continue to lead the company. So Jamie Diamond really getting a boat of confidence from his board, which is pretty impressive. Jamie Diamond is one of the best CEOs out there um, and is heading the best, uh, one of the best, if not the best bank in the world. Now, Diamond is 65, so he's going to be quite old. He's going to be 70 in five years. Um, so we'll see how long he stays. But if he happens to leave, I think it would be cause significant pain for JP Morgan stock, given how well he's done running the company. Now, uh, rounding out the show, let's talk the overall markets. Let's talk some of the opportunities that we're seeing and what the market is doing. And we mentioned this at the top of the show. 
that really the market seems to be back. You know, we had a lot of that panic selling and on Monday, and now it's back off of those Delta variant COVID fears. Um, and what do you want to buy? Well, today I see an Apple down, but I see a Microsoft and a Google and a Facebook and an Amazon all up. I also see broad outperformance here in the semiconductor space, the financial space, and the energy space. I did initiate a small trade position in Cleveland Cliffs. Um, I think Cleveland Cliffs continues to move higher, and it trades dirt cheap in the steel industry. Um, so definitely a company to check out for the long term. They report earnings in the morning. It'll be interesting to see how that does. If the stock falls, I'm a buyer probably of stock. I might be very interested if they blow out earnings, but the stock sells off. Um, I'll let you know on Twitter if I initiate a long-term position. And then, uh, you know, on the financial end, we have JP Morgan, Bank of America, City, Wells Fargo, all of those banks bouncing back. Energy actually getting a slight bounce back today as well. I'm still bullish on a lot of those software names that have actually pulled back significantly um, in the past few weeks. For instance, your Shopify, your ServiceNow, your Salesforce, which they just closed the acquisition, your Unity Software, your PayPal. I like all of those names. So many uh, phenomenal names in the market. Now, if you take a look here at a one-week performance chart, there's actually a lot of names that are still down. There's a Disney that's down big time, over 3.5% um, in the past week. You have Taiwan Semi down over 5% in the past week. Amazon down over 2.6% in the past week. Apple down just over 2.5% in the past week. So you have a lot of names on a weekly basis that are down. You have a CRM that's flat. You have a Qualcomm that's down. You have an AMD that is hardly green, which I still think AMD is a buy and it goes to 100 by the end of the year. So a lot of opportunities um, still in this market, even though it looks like all of these names are pushing highs, many of them are not. And the markets are being pushed higher by those mega cap names. But underneath, there's still a lot of those lower cap names and those excellent companies that aren't being bought up. So definitely a lot of popular names in the semis and the software application space and the financials and even the uh, communication services and consumer statistical or even the industrials, a lot of opportunities in all of those areas still um, and definitely areas to check out. Thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. We'll be back, of course, um, on Friday to talk the markets and talk everything stocks uh, in the financial world. Um, thank you for listening. I enjoy doing the podcast and I enjoy having you all honestly enjoy listening to me. It's awesome um, that I get to help other investors and I get to learn from you guys. You guys are always tweeting me and, you know, uh, bringing up all of this great information and great knowledge. And I learn from you. And sometimes I hope you learn from me. So thank you for listening to another episode. Remember runningwiththemoney.com. You get all of the free analysis that I put out um, when it comes to breakdowns and they're very simple breakdowns and they give you a great foundation for understanding the companies that we sift through and we break down. So Anyway, that's enough of me uh, ranting on about how thankful I am for all of you. But either way, um, eat, sleep, profit, trade on. Remember, do the research, and I will see you on Friday.